Welcome to the Wounds of the Faithful podcast, brought to you by DSW Ministries. Your host is singer, songwriter, speaker, and domestic violence advocate, Diana Winkler. She is passionate about helping survivors in the church heal from domestic violence and abuse and trauma. This podcast is not a substitute for professional counseling or qualified medical help. Now, here is Diana. Well, hello, everybody, and welcome to the podcast. Thanks for coming with me on this journey. Today, we are continuing my journey, my life story, and this week, I'm going to be talking about after my high school years and getting baptized and called into the ministry and details on that. How are you guys doing? I am not feeling too bad today. My husband's birthday was this weekend, and we had some French toast for breakfast for him, and a really fun thing that I did for him for his birthday was I arranged for his favorite drummer to give him a shout out on his birthday, like a birthday greeting, and used one of those celebrity apps. And I did this back in January. I found out about the app through another podcast, actually, and I thought, oh, Brian would so like that, and it was expensive. It was more than I wanted to pay, but he had, he's been having such a rough year, and I really wanted to do something special for him, and so I shelled out the money, and <laughs> so I saw the video first before he did, of course, and I'll tell you guys... <laughs> I spent $100 plus a $5 fee to get a 65-second video. And I listened to the video and I thought, boy, I thought it was going to be longer. <laughs> For $100, that's, um, that's not very long. His, his favorite drummer is Mike Portnoy, and he's from Dream Theater. Most progressive rock fans will know who he is. He's now with Neil Moore's band, one of our favorite bands. And so to keep Brian's spirits up all year when he's been sick, because he can't really go anywhere, we've been playing every video that we could find, every concert that Mike Portnoy was in, that Neil Morse has been in. And uh, Portnoy's been in more than one band. He's been in, I didn't get my list of all the bands he's been in, but he's a well-known drummer. He's one of the best, best in the world. But we've been watching these concerts and videos to keep his spirits up, and he really enjoys his playing. And so I, I thought, well, if he really enjoys the video and it brightens his spirits, then it's worth the money that I spent for it. So I wasn't going to play Mike Portnoy's video, but I decided I was, I'm going to do it. I think you'll enjoy it. And hey, I paid a hundred bucks for it. So here is Brian's birthday gift. <laughs> Hello, Brian. Brian Winkler. It is Mike Portnoy here. And I heard from a little birdie named Diana that August 14th is a very special day. Ba -ba 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 -da -ba -da -na 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 -na. She said it's your birthday. Da -na 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 -na. Happy birthday, Brian. Woohoo! 
<laughs> so enjoy it. But in any case, uh, Diana tells me that um, that you've been watching my videos and I've been keeping you company during this past year and a half of craziness. And uh, in any case, I hope uh, hope these drum videos have put a smile on your face and hopefully this video will put a smile on your face as well. And Diana just wanted me to wish you a happy birthday on behalf of her. So uh, in any case, happy, happy birthday, Brian. I hope you have a great birthday. I hope you're having a great summer. I hope you're having a great 2021. And I hope to see you soon, man. Take care and all the best to you. Brian's like, no way. And he was speechless. He really was. He was just sitting there like shocked. <laughs> and at the end he said, that's cool. And he looks at me and he says, how did you do that? And I strung him along for a long time for actually the whole day. I said, I've got connections. <laughs> I don't want to reveal my sources. He says, oh, I want to know how you did it. So, well, if I give you the secret, then I won't be able to use it in the future. At the end of the day, he's like, I need you to tell me how you got this video because I'm not going to sleep. I'm going to be up all night trying to figure out how you did it. <laughs> and I said, okay. <laughs> okay, and so I showed him the app. <laughs> and he was very appreciative and said it was the best birthday ever. He said I'm speechless and anyway, thought you'd enjoy that story. That's why I was sharing that. I know that's a tough act to follow, Mike Portnoy, but we're going to get into my story now. Transition into that. Again, I'm going to try and be authentic and real with you guys and give you enough detail that you understand where I'm coming from and what my background is and some of my challenges. Hopefully you'll be able to relate to that or maybe something that I say in my story will help you. And I, I try and respect people's privacy. So a lot of what I say, I don't mention a lot of names or exact places uh, for that reason. So if you remember from last week, my mom decided to move back east to be with her extended family after the divorce. So I had left my atheist boyfriend behind and we're driving to my aunt and uncle's house where we'll be staying until uh, we would get our own place. And that was a very long drive. And I remember having a, a Walkman with a mixtape and headphones. And um, it was me and my three siblings. And we had a cat and we had a rabbit in the back of my mom's car. And my uncle, my mom's brother, he was driving the the U-Haul with my car to behind it. And the cat cried the whole way on the way to my aunt's. Of course, it was my, it was my brother's cat, one of my brother's cats. And miraculously, the cat managed to stay in the car. And uh, we got to my... My uncle Bill had a uh, an apartment in in the city when we arrived into town, and we stayed over there overnight. And the cat was with us, and the rabbit. The cat somehow <laughs> climbed out the window. I don't know what story it was, but it was pretty high up. And the cat got out through an open window, and we never saw it again. <laughs> that was crazy. 
So I planned on working at the Taco Bell. So it was a Taco Bell. So it was kind of a transfer from my old job. I had um, my car that I had towed across the country. So I had plenty of free reign to do what I wanted. And I'm 18. And I decided I was going to go with my aunt and my cousins to their church, as I had planned. These were the same cousins that led me to the ward. So as soon as I saw some of my cousins again, they saw my living Bible paraphrase and said that I needed to use the King James Bible. That's not really God's word. Give me that Bible. You know, you've heard this before. And they gave me a $5 gift Bible. Yay. I didn't really like reading a King James, to be honest, but I trusted my cousins. So I read it. My mom and my siblings finally got a rental in the suburbs near the church. I got baptized as soon as I could. I believe it was near the anniversary of my salvation date, which is the middle of August. Now my mom did not come to the baptism. She was really annoyed that I started to go to church Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night. Let's see. Thursday night soul winning, and choir practice. I now did not watch the same TV shows that they watched, which at that time were The Simpsons and Married with Children. I felt that I was too holy now for those type of shows, and I spent a lot of time in my room reading. Reading my Bible, reading Christian biographies, I must have made them really uncomfortable with my new life. Um, I was very vocal about my faith. Looking back, I don't think that was probably the best course of action because I didn't really ease them into it <laughs> at all. So I was a different person to them. Now, I got a new job at a pharmacy near the Taco Bell. I think it paid more money than Taco Bell did. So that was the beginning of me working in the pharmacy industry, which I'm still a part of. Retail pharmacy turned out to be very challenging. I didn't feel very accomplished at this job. <laughs> I was just a cashier. I was not a pharmacy technician. I didn't know anything about drugs at the time. Not much has changed about the pharmacy industry. There were cranky customers, grumpy pharmacists. Anyway, my next job was working at a daycare center. I worked with newborns up to a year old at a Nazarene church daycare center. And that was a challenging job too. Um, I was one of two workers with 10 infants under a year. But I thought, oh, this would be a great job because I'm getting good training for when I raise my own children, right? And I have stories about these kids that I've watched, uh, which I won't get into. <laughs> but I had a great friendship with my coworker that was in the nursery with me. And she was from India and she was Hindu. 
So I learned a lot about what Hinduism is from talking with her. And I tried to share Jesus with her. Now, don't get me wrong. She believed in Jesus. She just added Jesus to her collection of other gods that she had. She had an actual cabinet of little figurines with gods in them that she worshipped. And she and her husband were, were very nice people. I enjoyed their friendship. I had a lot of time to read the Bible and read some theology books like Augustine and the history of the Catholic Church, history of the early church. I was raised Catholic, so I was pretty much trying to reach other Catholics for the Lord. But I tried to explain to my coworker that you can't just add Jesus to your other gods. You have to leave all your other gods and only believe in Jesus and cling to Jesus. Now, I don't know if she ever believed. She didn't while I was there. But she was very polite. But I planted a seed, and hopefully that our interaction was that Christians were kind and easy to talk to and friendly. So I got another job after work. I answered an ad in the paper to help care for a woman with MS. I think that stands for muscular sclerosis. It's pretty debilitating. I mean, you're pretty much twisted up like a pretzel. She lived in the same neighborhood as my aunt, so it was very convenient to go over there after work and um, take care of this gal and then go say hello to my aunt on the way home. Now, this would be the first time I had met anyone that was being abused besides myself. Um, the first person that I helped escape from abuse. Now, I arrived on the first day to her house. This was through an agency. They told me what to do. The door was unlocked and she was upstairs in bed still. And she was a, a pretty young lady. Um, I think she was probably in her mid-twenties. And she had a nine-year-old daughter and a newborn. She was handicapped to the point where she had to use a walker. Now, my job was to help her get bathed, to get dressed, and help with the baby until her boyfriend would come home. Her boyfriend was a, her live-in boyfriend, the father of the infant, who was at work most of the day. And when he came home, he seemed very friendly and appreciative for my help. When he was at work the next day, I got the rest of the story on the boyfriend. He seemed a bit controlling and abusive. And I was trying to witness to Judy. I had talked with her about my pastor's recent sermon about the Ten Commandments. And I told her the law was meant to be a school teacher to show us that we could never keep the Ten Commandments 100%. The Lord is the only one that could keep all the commandments perfectly. We need Jesus to save us by his grace. I asked my pastor to come and talk to Judy. I sort of translated for her because she had this speech impediment. 
so it was a little bit hard to understand her. The pastor was pretty impressed that she was already well-versed in all of the Ten Commandments. And she did get saved. She did ask the Lord to save her. I guess the pastor, I guess, put the whipped cream and the cherry on top and the sprinkles on top of what I had told her, which is great. That's our job is to share Jesus. We're not always going to be the one that sees the results, but we get the credit for it anyway. So I invited her to come to church with me. That required me to get up really early to pick her up because I went to choir practice before Sunday school. I picked her up, her daughter and the baby. And we started out for church, which was half an hour away. And we ran out of gas on the way there. Oh my goodness. Uh, I had no one close by who would be able to come and help us. Now, Judy had talked about her father who had sexually abused her when she was a child. And she called her dad to come and help us bring gas. And I couldn't understand at the time the concept of wanting anything to do with a father who abused her. But we called him on a payphone and he came down and bought us gas so we could get to church. I missed choir practice in Sunday school. We were in time for the morning service. And she really enjoyed the services, the music and the preaching and took her home. Her situation was getting a bit more abusive with her boyfriend. And so I helped her to find a woman's shelter that would take somebody with special needs. So she moved in there with her two kids. I was happy to find out later when I called her on the phone to see how she was doing that she had started a ladies Bible study at her group home and that her kids were doing really well. And I still wonder today where she is and how she is doing. Those are one of the people that, you know, you don't forget. It just takes one person to change a life, to make a difference. So back to what was going on with my new church. We would call it Pastor Scott's Church since I have been a part of so many churches. It's simpler to identify. After I got baptized, I started going to Thursday visitation. And I had never knocked on doors before. And I was about to get initiated. I was paired up with Terry, who was going to be a missionary to Ottawa, Canada, with her soon-to-be husband, Scott. We were both nervous knocking on doors. We forgot what time the services were when a lady asked us. That's how crazy it was. And so the door got slammed in our face. <laughs> That's how terrified we were. It's like, ba -dum -ba -dum -ba -dum -da. yeah, what time's the church service? I'd like to come. Um, 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 um. <laughs> we also visited people that filled out the visitor cards you know, the first time they come to church, they fill out during the service. Those were a little bit easier. We at least had a warm connection there. 
I made friends with a large family at the church, the Harrises. They had seven kids. They sang together as a family. It was like the Von Trapp family <laughs> from The Sound of Music. Their oldest was Kevin, who would be going to the same Bible college with me in the future. Kevin had a very nice tenor voice, and I hung out with his family a lot because they were a good Christian family. They had me over for dinner, and we carpooled to church sometimes. They pretty much took me under their wing, mentored me in my renewed faith. I found out only recently that the husband was raping his wife 12 times a day. I never saw any of the abuse. They hit it pretty well. The dad was very strict. You know, spanking was the norm in their home. Uh, I mean, the dad preached in the pulpit about how exactly he spanked their kids, which as a kid who was spanked growing up, uh, that would be pretty humiliating for the whole church to know exactly what took place <laughs> behind closed doors. So uh, one of their sons said that later that they did experience child abuse growing up. Uh, they were called to be missionaries in Australia. So they started deputation when Kevin and I were in Bible college. Deputation means that they go from church to church around the country and they raise support so they can go to their country that they're being called to because it's very difficult to actually have a job and do the ministry at the same time. Not impossible, mind you, because there are plenty of bivocational pastors out there. I wasn't a pastor, but I was a pastor's wife, and we were bivocational. The culture at the church was very friendly, and I felt at ease there. This was a fundamental Baptist church. They did require dresses for those that were in choir or any kind of leadership position. I remember one of the Harris kids making fun of my knees showing because my dress wasn't long enough. At the same time, I had been bleaching my hair blonde instead of brown. Some people pointed that out too, that my roots were showing. <laughs> uh, at the time, I had been singing in the choir, doing trios, solos, and Christmas pageants, as was my custom. We had really good choral music, I remember. But this was the first time I was exposed to hymns besides Amazing Grace. And we sang, "'Tis so sweet to trust in Jesus and realize that Amy Grant didn't write that song. <laughs> Pastor Scott's sermons were very good. I recall book studies and doctrinal studies like Revelation and the End Times. I still have his sermons on cassette. I think it's in the garage. And I remember the series that he did on wine in the Bible, which to this day had a profound impression on me. We talked about this when Will Hess was a guest on the podcast. So that's where that started, was Pastor Scott. But nothing 
was too extreme in that church that I can remember. It was relatively a well-balanced church. People loved the Lord and there was no screaming or no real shaming in the church. We had the first missions conference I had ever attended. People from the Ivory Coast showed slides of possessed people cutting themselves and it healing right away. We had a missionary from Kenya having malaria and a limo showing up to rescue him in the jungle. There was lots of other stories that made a huge impression on an 18 year old girl. So I stood up and I announced in front of the church that I wanted to be a missionary. This was during the Gulf War and we thought that the end times were near. You know, it was kind of scary watching the news, just like it's scary now. So I made plans to go to Bible college. There was a couple in the church that was a mentor to me. They were an elderly couple. The husband was a former opera singer. And they saw me give my announcement. They wanted to help me with a car and funds for college. My parents were not going to help me pay for college. So I took their offer of help. So they helped me get money for buying an old Honda Civic. And it was pretty rusty. And we had worked on the rust on the car ourselves at night. We would play music when we were working on the car and I was singing along to whatever was on. And they said that I had a really nice voice and that I should really get some lessons and take it to the next level. So they offered to pay for my voice lessons when I go to college. They also paid for my first two years of school tuition. I would have not been able to afford it without their help. Another family in the church offered to pay for my school books. Now, I didn't go to a state college. It was a, a Bible college that was a private school. So it wasn't as expensive as if I were to have gone to, let's say, Bob Jones or Pensacola, which was huge. So that's how I was able to swing the cost of going to school. When my mom found out I was going to Bible college, she was like, you, a missionary? You're going to go live in a mud hut somewhere? You don't even do the dishes when you're told. Now, my dad's side of the family, who was Catholic, wondered why I wasn't going to be a nun. <laughs> Well, it's probably because I want to be married, that's why. Among other reasons, mom wasn't really keen on my church. I had given her a Bible for Christmas and I highlighted all the salvation verses. <laughs> she didn't seem to like that. I had Pastor Scott come over to talk to her. I was hiding in my bedroom with my ear to the door, listening. She didn't seem to be open to the gospel. As hard as I prayed that night, that is her choice, of course. 
The church had helped us a couple times when it was winter and we didn't have any oil for heat. Our fridge stopped working and somebody gave us a fridge. We also got meals and food from church members. One thing about my mom is she does not like to get help from people. So anyway, she said that she was going back to Phoenix with my siblings. And she missed the desert. And I, of course, was going down south to go to college. And she seemed like she was really going to miss me. We said our goodbyes before she drove back. I got prepared to move down to go to school. My friend, Jen Wood, who I've mentioned before from grade school, she lived near the college that I was going to. I think she was going to a state school. And we were going to meet up once I got into town. So I went over to her dorm and we, we were hanging out for, I think, a couple of days for a weekend. My church gave me connections with people at the school and the sister church that I would be attending to get me settled in. I was going to live with an elderly woman, taking care of her in exchange for room and board. It's funny looking back on that because, yes, she, she was a Christian, and she was not a member of the church, and she was not a fundamental Baptist. But I was really grateful to have a place to stay and be able to go to school because they did not have dorms at my school, which probably was a good thing. I avoided a lot of stuff that a lot of my fellow Baptist friends had to go through. So that was the beginning of my life in the independent Baptist church after my baptism. My relationship with God was getting stronger. Going to Bible college was like going to Disney World and everything was new and everybody was, you know, quoting Bible verses and praying at every drop of the hat and Lord bless you. And it was new to me. It's not really how I was raised and so I'll be talking more about my Bible college years on our next episode. It's going to start getting pretty crazy. If you think it's been boring up to this point. <laughs> okay, I don't really have a flashy background. It's pretty, I would guess, normal, would you say? And, you know, people stand up and give their testimonies and it's, you know, I came from all this drug abuse and I was a... Uh, you know, a prostitute, or I robbed banks, or I, you know, uh, I went to prison, whatever. I, I didn't have any of those experiences. I didn't uh, pass my time in grade school. Um, the stuff I got spanked for, I guess the spanking did its job, and I didn't do any of those things later in life. So I'm, I'm grateful for that. But, you know, I'm still a sinner, and I still needed to be saved. So if you have a similar testimony where you were raised in a Christian home and you didn't do all those crazy things as a teenager or as an adult, that doesn't mean that you weren't worthy of being saved. On the contrary, he wants all of us to be saved. 
And all of our testimonies are, are valuable and worth telling because somebody out there is going to relate to your story and the uniqueness of it and the power from it. So that's your homework this week is to tell somebody how you got saved. Tell somebody about your baptism. You may be a, a real blessing to someone. So next week, you'll meet my um, Peruvian fiance and what it was like being in Bible college. What did I learn? Some of the, the things that I, I did in my ministry. And I start my, my voice and piano private lessons. So I'll be talking about all of that next time. Now, before we end our episode today, there's a few things we're going to do. I do want to leave you with some music today. Now, I did try to record some vocals this week for my album on some of my new songs. Learning some new skills this week, trying to get the microphone working the way that I want and was warmed up and everything, but when I went to go and sing, my voice just was not cooperating. It was too dry. I had some issues with my asthma and it just sounded awful. So I deleted the recording and I will try again on another day, but I'm still going to give you some music, some stuff I've already recorded. The song that I picked today is called Traveling Shoes, also titled Death Came Knocking. It's a very old song back from the Civil War, and it's a really catchy tune. I really en enjoy playing it. So the video that I have here is me playing it on my keyboard and singing. It was back when I was, it is a song that I did live it's not mastered or anything but it doesn't mean that we can't enjoy it so i hope that you enjoy the song called traveling shoes
I don't want to forget to give a shout out to some new followers this week. Uh, Instagram, I got notified that there were three more followers. I'm just getting started on Instagram and slowly but surely I'm getting some followers. So we had Julie Leach, 8055. We had Jackson Calcola, 90. And we had Official Cosmos TZ. Thank you so much for following me. I appreciate that. And one new WordPress follower, Don Boyani. I hope I said that right. Uh, <laughs> but thank you so much for, for following. I appreciate that, Don. And I hope to hear from the rest of you. You haven't followed or liked me on social media you would do that today it helps people to see my content that i work very hard to put out for you each week um i also want to do something fun i was looking at my blueberry stats and looking at the different countries that are listening and it was really fun so i wanted to go through some of these uh, with you. Let me bring this up here. So I have 780 in the United States. I have 48 in France, uh, one of which is probably my sister. Got some friends over there in France. Got some Canadian friends, 45 Canadian. Ireland, I was excited to see that. Ireland, 36. Belgium, 16 in Belgium. Uh, I'd like to visit Belgium someday. Sweden, 10. Germany, 10. Um, our next trip to Europe will definitely include Germany. Australia, some friends down under. Hello. I do have some friends in Australia. Egypt, wow. Two, two listeners in Egypt. That's exciting. And we have this others category. 
One in the Congo, wow. I'm sure that is connected with mending the soul because Dr. Tracy was on. One in Zimbabwe, one in New Zealand, one in the Philippines, two in the United Kingdom, the UK, let's see, two in South Africa, two in Finland. That's really cool. One in Brazil. It's really fun to see where all my listeners are. And hey, come and say hello. Say hello on social media. Let me know who you are. I'd like to get to know each of you guys and gals. So also don't forget, I have Abuse Q&A on Sunday afternoons, 3 p.m. That's Arizona time. I answer your questions about whatever abuse myself my husband my music behind the scenes hey whatever you want to talk about so join me on sundays submit your questions we we've gotten some really good ones if you're not able to make it you know you can leave comments you can watch the replay i also repost them on youtube on my channel so and that's it for today so until next week remember that you are no longer a victim. You are victorious. Don't forget that. God bless you. See you next week. Thank you for listening to the Wounds of the Faithful podcast. If this episode has been helpful to you, please hit the subscribe button and tell a friend. You can connect with us at dswministries.org, where you'll find our blog along with our Facebook, Twitter, and our YouTube channel links. Hope to see you next week.